And welcome back. Happy, healthy New Year to all of you. Uh, it's been a year since I saw you last. I could use all the standalone jokes, but I won't. Um, so this is our first show of uh, 2022, or of our second term, depending on how you view it. Uh, so welcome, all of you. Uh, we're thrilled to have you here. Um, definitely, definitely a tough time in the city, uh, but the look is not all gloomy, and we're going to share that with you. Um, I was reading an article today um, about projections for the next month, month and a half. And uh, that light at the end of the tunnel is not a train, Mary, right? I'm joined by Mary Galland, who's a lead school nurse. Um, I don't know if is that the right title? Director of Health Services. Thank you very much. All right. So, um, and uh, she's here to talk about um, schools that have done a marvelous job this week. Uh, Methuen Public Schools opened. And you're going to see in the notes after we talk about it a little bit that uh, um, kudos to all of the nurses, to the staff, to the administration, to the custodians, to to the parents and the students. Um, we're about 80% averaging attendance, and that's yes. pretty darn good. Considering. Right? Yes. Considering. Yes. Right? Well, considering when you see these numbers, you're going to see, you're going to say, wow. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, Let's get into the charts. Uh, we've got lots to go through, and I'm sure you'll have questions for Mary and I. So, uh, But before we do that, let me just remind you, uh, it's 5 o'clock. If you want to make a better use of your time, if you say, hey, I'm sick of listening to the mayor, I completely understand. That's okay. Uh, they're still giving vaccinations at the YMCA uh, on Haverhill Street, the Methuen YMCA, till 6 p.m. tonight. That's any dose of any brand, Johnson. Uh, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, Pfizer, all three vaccines available uh, right now through 6 p.m. at the Y on Haverhill Street. They will also be doing it next Wednesday, the 12th, from 3 to 6 p.m. on Haverhill Street. And no appointment is needed for either of those. Uh, you can walk in. We're going to publish more of those. And I know testing, we're going to talk about testing because testing is a problem right now. Um, and then we have a vaccine clinic for Moderna Boosters, Tomorrow, 2 to 6 at Sanborn Hall, Methuen PD. So if you're a Moderna, um, a Moderna user almost said that came out <laughs> bad. If you're a Moderna, somebody who got the Moderna vaccine, can you get other ones, though? Can you mix them? You can mix them. Yes. You can mix. They have okay. said it's safe to mix them. <clears throat> it's like putting my red vest on with my jacket. Yeah. Um, so um, the Moderna booster is available tomorrow, 2 to 6 at Sanborn Hall. Uh, but that is registration required because we only because we only have a limited number of doses. So um, make use of that. Get the vaccine because I'm going to keep saying it, and I know people, the one thing that data is proving is that if you have the vaccines, even if you get COVID, the effects are much milder. So let's do the charts if we can. So it's been quite, quite the week. So that number down on the lower right is not a misprint. There are 1,201 new cases in the last week. That is 2.65 times higher than any previous high we've ever had. All right, so this is the single all-time highest positive case record in the city of Methuen. Um, but there is good news to go with it. So next chart, please. Okay, so the good news is there's no hospitalizations or deaths reported. That is the good news. We are in the peak response to the holiday gatherings. Most vaccinated individuals are experiencing very mild symptoms. Um, uh, we, we're experiencing, uh, the schools are experiencing staffing shortages. The city is experiencing staffing shortages. So we've got 20 firefighters. We've got um, 25 people on the non-firefighter side. Um, so I, I'd ask for your patience, your indulgence at this this moment in time, right? And if you've got a student in school, uh, the byword is let's be kind to one another, right? We are doing our absolute best on the school and the city side to get make sure the service is still provided, but there are going to be some holes. When you're missing people to the amounts that we're missing them, uh, there's got to be an impact, right? Absolutely. And I know your your impact is more than than the 50 that I mentioned, right? Yes. So, um so uh, the school's open. That's good news. And they are weathering the storm despite the staffing impacts. So like I said in the beginning, kudos 
to the superintendent. Kudos to you, Mary, to the admin, the staff, the teachers, all the parents. I should put all the kids. So I was watching them go in Tenney today um, with their masks on, and they're doing great. The kids are really great about it. Yeah. You know, if they if the mask slips down, a simple reminder, I walk around, touch my nose, and they're, oops, sorry, and they put it yeah. right back up. They've been yeah. fantastic. They've been fantastic. So we, I think, you know, you don't want to lose hope here. We are going to weather this storm. Um, and let me say this without being – so we all made choices. Um, holiday gatherings, and I get it. We missed loved ones. We wanted to get back together. But we spent time with people that we weren't with every day. And so some of what's happening is to be expected, right? We introduce people that aren't part of our everyday-to-day life. Even though the people we love, um, you know, we only see them at holidays or, you know, family gatherings. And that's what's happening here, right? So um, it is what it is. Uh, And the other good news is the city is ordering 8,000 eye health at-home test kits, that's 16,000 tests. Uh, there's an emergency city council meeting, so thank you to uh, new Chair Beauregard, and congratulations to him and Vice Chair uh, Ziegler on their election. Um, thank you to all the councilors for agreeing to meet tomorrow night emergency because we're partnered with the towns of uh, Drake and Tingsboro uh, because you have to buy these in kind of uh, block quantities, right? And uh, our 8,000 tests, just to give you is $81,350. So this is, um, I don't see this as the last, um, but uh, we've got a plan. And uh, the town of Drakeit has been fantastic working with us. They're taking the lead. And if they approve it Thursday night, the order will be placed Friday. And we expect tests within 7 to 10 days after that. Now, we have heard horror stories of some orders being... um, Delayed. Rerouted or, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, but that's what we're told by iHealth. And, uh, again, kudos and thank you to the towns of Drake and Dingsboro for working with us. On the not-so-good side, our vaccination rate continues to lag, and that's going to have an impact. Our positives went from 335 last week, which was pretty high, to 1,201 this week. So out of those new positives, um, he's got the wrong number there. 254 with Pfizer, 235. So it looks like about, he's got 130 with fully vaccinated. That's the wrong number. Looks like it would be about 530. Um, Four, yeah, closer to 530 anyways, right? Um, So, but again, no hospitalizations, no deaths, so impacts relatively mild. Uh, The trend, of course, tripled this week. We were 69.5 per 100,000. We're now at 196.2. Uh, Lawrence is higher than that. Havel's right on our heels. Uh, you're going to see that in a minute. Uh, the state has stopped up updating the website. That's how great the load is. Uh, so some of it we had to calculate for ourselves based on DPH info. And then probably the most severe one is the testing capacity is overwhelmed. Um, I've received calls from a lot of citizens about the lines on Pelham Street at Great Lawrence Family Health Center. Um, at Haverhill Street, um, and look, here's, here's what we've done. Uh, I've reached out, and I, if you watch the city council, you hear the councils do it, and I know the councils are reaching out too. I've reached out to Secretary Sutter's, her office at um, uh, the Executive Office of uh, Human and Health Services. That's where DPH reports. And I did get a call back from them yesterday afternoon. And uh, I'm going to kind of be blunt with you. The answer was, Mayor, every city's in the same boat. Uh, there's no assets to help. They're talking to Great Lawrence Family Health Center to make sure that they're keeping enough resources there. Uh, I also asked them, I had talked to Lisa Williams at AFC Urgent Care. She had said she would become a stop-the-spread test center again. I asked the state to consider that. They're considering it uh, to expand our capacity. But there's little that the city has at its disposal to increase the capacity of te- PCR testing. We don't have the capability to do that. We don't have the tests. We don't have the manpower. We don't have uh, the staffing. Um, so uh, we have reached out to Greater Lawrence family. We have assigned a police detail to Pelham Street to make sure that public safety is, uh, bless Excuse you, me. is uh, guarded, and that's important. 
um, and we're doing everything possible to try to talk to the state. You should feel free to call the state and ask for more testing capability. Um, I don't know if you saw the news last night, but there was reports that the national guy was called in to break up uh, uh, a group. I don't, I don't that got quasi oh. arrogant in yes. Springfield. Yes, right. It became kind of a contentious thing, and we, we don't want that to happen. Right, so we're going to sign a police detail to it. Uh, we are trying everything that we know to try to increase the capacity. Uh, the state's feeling is that this is, a, you know, all addressable in January. I'm not so sure I agree, but we'll see. They might be right. Um, so we have to weather the storm a little bit, um, but we are trying to make some changes to kind of improve that process for you. Um, <clears throat> I have a friend who went to Great Lawrence, uh, excuse me, Lawrence General today for testing. When at 8.45 a.m., the police officer waved her off and said, sorry, we already have a seven-hour line. They were lining up at 2.30 a.m. at Lawrence General for the PCR. That gives you an idea of the kind of demand. That, that means the person in front of my friend who was going for the test at 8.45, had seven hours in front of them to wait in the car. That's tough, right? Uh, so um, we're open to suggestions. If you know other facilities that would be interested in, I've got to kind of go through the state. It's nothing the city can do to authorize a, uh, a PCR testing site, right? And I can tell you our DPH, Felix Zemmel, our lead in DPH here in the city, he's been reaching out to his state contacts as well. And the answer has been consistent from the state. Right? Not even National Guard people are available. So frustrating, I get it. Uh, we're doing everything in our capacity to try to address that. It's a supply and demand issue. Right? So, and by the way, before I forget, I hope you had a, I hope you had a, a joyous holiday season. All right? Time to rest and recharge. Um, I spent it with just my four children, um, but it was time well spent. Right? So uh, I say that to you. All right. Uh, yeah, Jamie, uh, positivity is at 22% statewide. It's, it's actually 22 in Methuen, Jamie, just so you know. It's 18.31 in Haverhill. Lawrence is at 32, 31.95. So there's peaks and valleys there. You're going to see that in the charts later. But um, the numbers are all up, and they're to be expected. And, um, you know, one of the things with the, the reason I put the at-home Test kits is if you're not if you're not worried that you you've been exposed. I want to be careful how I word this. Um, if you can wait the week, right? We will have test kits. Now we have an obligation. We we talked about this at city council, and uh, Council Ziegler asked me the question, and, and hopefully you heard the answer. We've got to come up with a distribution plan for those kits uh, so that we get in the hands of the people who need it most. So the one thing I would beg you is if you don't need one, don't ask for it, right? Only if you need one, um, make sure you come and get one because we want to make sure that the people who need them are the ones who get them because there will be more after the 16. We're going we're gonna to make another order after the 16,000, right? We, we did um, um, the amount we purchased was based on a, a block amount that the three cities are buying, but also based on um, how much we had in our health services reimbursable account, right? It is eligible for ARPA, but we didn't want to dip into the ARPA before we went to council with our ARPA schedule. So uh, there's that for them. So, um, okay. Uh, they should, Linda said the lines were down, I guess, 20% today from the last two days. That's good to hear. Uh, they should bring in the National Guard to help with testing. I agree with you. We asked that, and they said there's none available. All right, back to the chart, and then I'll answer some more of these questions. These are good. Uh, Bob LeBlanc asks, how many are vaccinated? You're going to see that on the chart. You're going to see the numbers. I put them on every week. Uh, so next chart, please. Okay, we'll go through the next ones pretty quickly because they got So this is the male-female split. Uh, it's growing a little. The female number is growing. On the, we were about 400 above. Now it's uh, roughly almost 600 above, All right? Okay, next is the distribution by age over the life. This includes the variants, Delta and Omicron, 
uh, just so you know. Uh, so we haven't split that out because we can't. And then the next chart is the Whopper. It shows the 1,201 new cases. Uh, 337 are under 19. 207, 20, 29. 230 in the 30 to 39. Right? So pretty much hitting every group. Um, but three groups account for probably about 50% of it. Uh, or more than 50% of it, I should say. Um, now, I, know, I don't know... You know, Mayor, if this kind of corresponds with what you're seeing, but... Absolutely. I um, am the designated person for the school district to, text, to check the state website, um, which I do multiple times daily. Um, definitely our student numbers are up, and I'm also seeing the 20s and the 30s age groups both very high yep. at this point, higher yep. than it was even a couple of months ago. Yep. Okay. As a result, we ended up doing our inauguration virtual. I don't know if you know that. Um, these are unprecedented times, but we are re reacting in unprecedented manners, right? And uh, I believe um, the school committee uh, meeting this coming Monday night is going to be by um, virtual. We will be at the, the school committee will be at Methuen High School, but we will be not talking to a live audience. You'll be, you'll be able to still public participate by sending in your your messages to Jody Runge, uh, who does a great job doing that public participation. So if you send an email in, uh, I know about derunge at methuen.k12.ma.us, because I've read it at every school committee meeting we've had two years. Um, if you send a letter into her before noon on Monday, your public participation will be read. Make sure you include your name and your address. You have to be a Methuen resident. Keep it to five minutes or less. Right? Those are the guidelines. So... Um, we still welcome public participation, and you can watch it on YouTube, yes. I believe, right? The schools do a great job doing that. Okay, next chart. So this is uh, what uh, Jamie Crane was asking. So 31.95% Lawrence there on the left, 18.12 in Haverhill, 22.31, meaning 22 out of every 100 people tested in Methuen are positive. So you can definitely see the impact of the holiday gatherings, right? Um, so we will monitor it closely to see if, you know, that improves over time. Um, and we will continue to talk to the state about what else we can do to provide testing capability. Next chart looks a little incomplete compared to normal because some of the numbers aren't on the state website this week. Uh, but we can tell you that the last two weeks, Methuen's had 1,582, right? Haverhill, uh, Lawrence had 3,843, and Haverhill's 1,429, Right? Um, so our number over the life of the, the pandemic is 13,036. Now, I bring it up here, you know, Mary, I don't know if you – so the epidemiolo some epidemiologists are saying, and I hate to – I read an article, I think it was in Wall Street uh, yesterday, that said because Omicron is spreading so fast and to so many, by the end of February, it actually may do a good thing for us. Right. right? So, so many we people were, have had it, you'll get basically herdman herd. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that was what they've been predicting um, when we had our Zoom call with Felix um, over the weekend. He had said that they're very closely watching South Africa because they're ahead of us in the trend. And the trend there has started to have a very sharp drop in cases. So that's the good news. Yep. And they're predicting that by mid-February we should have a drop as well. Happy Valentine's Day. All right. <laughs> so, um, okay. Um, next chart. So this is the answer to Bob LeBlanc's question. So this is a chart that comes right from the state. So you can see that this is percent of the population ages five and over that have received their first dose is that 88.9 at the top. So 89% of the population in the state that are age five and over have received the first dose of the vaccine. Methuen's number is 74.8%. Now, that's hard to see on this chart. If I had a pointer, I'd show it to you. If you come down just a little bit, you see the 88.9 in a black box, and right below it is Methuen's number, 74.8. So we are almost 15% off the state average, far below. However, we are incrementally increasing, and that's why I mentioned these vaccine clinics. It's important to get them done. 
On the fully vaccinated age five and over in the state, the state is approaching 77%. Methuen's number is approaching 67%. So we're only 10% off there. But still some room to grow. Moving forward, positive, more people get vaccinated, yet um, a ways to go, I guess I'll say. So if you forget everything else I've said on this show, um, remember this. Um, don't expect me to sit here and mandate vaccines. I'm not going to do that. But as I've told you a thousand times before, and those of you that watch the show say, oh, my God, here he goes again. Everybody I love is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. All right? So take your cue from that. I'm trying to protect the people I love with what I know best. Right? So get yourself vaccinated. The data shows that people who are vaccinated have far less severe symptoms than people who are unvaccinated. And we have had people in Methuen, even in the recent past, who have been severely impacted by COVID still. Right? So we don't, you know, this is one of these things that uh, I remember early on somebody making light of, well, how many deaths? You know, that's less than 1%. It's not less than 1% when it's somebody you love, right? If you know somebody you love who's not vaccinated, have them talk to somebody who's impartial and objective. Have them talk to uh, Nancy Zabo. Have them talk to Mary Galan. Have them talk to Felix Zemmel. Have them talk to a neutral third-party provider who can talk to them about what the benefits are to vaccination, right? Uh, That article I mentioned a little earlier... I don't know if it's true. That's what an epidemiologist, I pray to God it is true, right? Because nothing would make any of us happier than to see this thing finally break, right? And not be in the, the constant day-to-day. My fear is, you know, is there something after Micron? Is there another variant? Is there another booster required? You know, and, and all of that kind of contributes to Lower vaccination rates. Mm-hmm. See, the vaccine doesn't work. Well, the vaccine is not a cure for COVID. It's to prevent more serious symptoms from COVID. And so as, a, a, as somebody who's gotten two shots plus a booster, had COVID, I can tell you that I'm convinced that my COVID experience would have been far more severe if I had not had the shots. It's that simple. So, all right. So in line with that, I think the next chat, I want to show the next chat before we start talking to Mary, is the Methuen uh, Great Lawrence Family Health Center testing schedule. So it's important. So, so these are the times that they're testing. So they're testing one I know uh, one of the residents reached out to me and said one day they opened at 8, and I'm not sure why they did that. But uh, these are their posted hours for testing. So today is Wednesday, tomorrow 1 to 6, Friday 1 to 6, Saturday 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Right? I would just ask that you be orderly and that you, you know, be kind to one another. Right? They are processing as many people as they physically can in a given time period. Right? And that's, uh, the strain on them is, is difficult. They are dealing most probably with uh, the same kind of staffing issues the schools are dealing with, the city is dealing with. Right? but we're going to make sure that we've got somebody there from a public safety perspective. And like I said, we've asked the state to consider making AFC Urgent Care a stop-the-spread testing center again, and they've committed to let me know. So that's the important stuff there. We've got Mary Galant on today to talk about the schools who opened. And did. kudos, kudos, kudos again. Um, so um, how's it going? It's challenging, but we're doing it. Yeah. Um, I think that we've had um, tremendous cooperation from all departments in the school system. Um, We have administrators covering lunches um, and helping out with the students. We have students working um, in large groups, um, six, you know, spaced apart. The nurses have been working overtime trying to track the cases, make sure that we contact parents, inform parents, let them know what's going on as far as their students and if they're exposed. Um, We have our test and stay program. Um, 
which has been running very, very successfully now for a couple of months. Um, we are testing students um, when they're exposed, as long as the parents have given us permission. We are testing um, any child that's symptomatic that the nurses deem could have po possibly have COVID. Um, if we have permission, we are testing them right away. Um, so we're trying to mitigate the spread as best as we can. Um, we've instituted, again, the students sitting at desks, the spacing, um, the mask all the times unless they're having a break or that they're eating. Um, so we're, we're doing, a, I think we're doing a really good job. I think everyone's I, really I cooperating too. and working very well together. Yeah. Um, so of all that, I would assume the staffing impacts are the, the toughest. It right? is. It is. Yeah, because they affect so many people, right? Yes. So um, how are we doing staffing-wise? Are we getting better? Are we getting worse? We're, we're in an upward trend right now. Um, we've had um, probably f at least 50 to 100 um, staff members out this week. Um, all different staff. Some We have everything from custodial, cafeteria staff to our um, counselors, teachers, teaching assistants, um, which is why Dr. Kwong has called in um, administrative staff who have been great about helping. We've had a couple of nurses um, and my staff that have had family members that were positive that had to quarantine for part of the week. Um, but we're all pulling together and doing the best we can. That's great. That's great. And, and just a reminder, if, if any parents are watching, if you have specific questions, please, um, even though the school committee will be, I, I go to say Zoom, but I know it's not Zoom, um, we will be in the media center, the school committee will, but the public will not be allowed. You will be allowed to send in public participation and ask your question. If you have specific questions, because I know the superintendent, and I read it as a member of the school committee, sent out a, pretty, a couple pretty detailed letters talking about, um, you know, I think, uh, paraphrasing here, you know, any parent who calls in and says student has a COVID Absence, that's an excused absence. Absolutely. Right? Yes. So, uh, and that's across the schools, right? That's not one school, right? So I think, you know, one of the things we've got we've to be able to do is, is to talk about some of these things that happen when they happen because this is so unique in its it approach, right? I keep saying every time I talk to people, if you look at the uh, – the newsletter I put in the back, uh, the article I put in the back of the newsletter that we mail to every household, um, I tell you, historic times. They truly are. I, I think it's easy because we're living in it to, to not think about the impact of what's gone on around us the last, since March 2020. But you, the community, have done a fantastic job persevering. The schools have done a fantastic job persevering. The only thing I would ask is, a little more kindness, a little more patience with each other, right? Everybody is experiencing some level. And, and I say that, you know, the impact on city employees is so great, we put in a 1-800 number for them to call in, right? We've had over 45 employees call in on the 1-800 number just this week. Um, and that's the impact of a group of 400, right? The teachers is well over 1,000, right? So... Everybody's getting touched, so we've, we're, we've got to figure out ways to get through this, and it, it's together. So perseverance and a little more patience is kind of the buzzwords, and I don't know if you want to add anything. Um, patience is a big one. Um, as I said, the nurses are working extremely hard um, in every school. We have two nurses in every school, and we have um, a health support person. But even with that, one nurse's full day is, to, is taken up with COVID tracing, COVID tracking, calling parents. Um, sometimes parents get frustrated if they can't get a hold of us right away. Um, if you email your school nurses, that's a very quick way to get us. We can usually answer that sometimes quicker than a phone call. Um, and kindness and patience is greatly appreciated. Um, the biggest thing is if your child is exhibiting any symptoms, please keep them home. Um, 
It may not be COVID. It could still be strep throat. It could be the flu. It could right. be almost any kind of illness. But any kind of illness spreads in a school. Yeah. Well, and they, it, that goes beyond the schools. So one of the number one factors in, in spread has been people being conscientious, wanting to come to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. If you're sick, stay home. Right? Talk to your department head. Talk to Work remotely if you can. Right? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, and Bob, okay, we get questions. So Bob LeBlanc says, I'm ignoring this. I'm not. I don't know the answer to that question, Bob, because I don't think I need to. So I know you're a big proponent of uh, mandated vaccines. I'm not. All right? This is still U.S. of A to me. I believe in the ability of people to choose. Um, where I feel there's a conflict is when somebody else's rights come upon my rights. Right? So... I have the right to choose for myself whether I get vaccinated or not. I'm telling you, I believe you should get vaccinated. Am I going to force you to get vaccinated? No, I'm not. No, not, not this guy. That's not going to work that way. So do I have policemen and firefighters or city workers who are vaccinated? Yes, that's their personal choice. Right? Can I tell you some of them that weren't vaccinated, they got it, and then wish they had gotten the vaccination after they got COVID? Yes, I can. That's a greater life lesson for the others than it is the mayor telling you, you've got to get vaccinated, right? I don't believe that we should be, you know, you're vaccinated or you're fired. That's, that's just my view. And I know people disagree with that. Some people are off of mandated vaccines. I get it. I can see both sides of the coin. But I'm not going to get there. Uh, so it is what it is. Um, Barbara, I'm trying to figure uh, – Laurie, you asked a question about who pays for the uh, police detail. Greater Lawrence Family Health pays for it. The city doesn't pay for it. So it's a great question, and they should pay for it. Um, because it's important to understand – you made a point that I think that Greater Lawrence Family Health Center doesn't test just Methuen residents. No. It can test any Massachusetts resident. Now, there shouldn't be people from New Hampshire lining up there. And I don't know if that's an issue. I would assume not. But they're there to test people from Massachusetts. Because Great Lawrence Family Health Center is. That's the Methuen site. There's a Lawrence site. They can do multiple sites. Any of their sites can do any Massachusetts resident. Right? And they can't be turned away. Right? And, and by the way, I want to make this. <clears throat> if you're expecting me to bash Great Lawrence Family Health Center, don't. Because they're doing a spectacular job. They're trying to persevere as well. Right under very, very, very adverse conditions. Right, the demand there is wearing. Right, you want to see people that are struggling. Talk to people in the nursing field. Right, uh, we live it every every time we try to set up a clinic for you. You may not understand this. The the difficulty in getting obtaining nurses to work the clinic. Thank God, so many people have such kind hearts. Because the city doesn't pay anywhere near what a nurse can get per hour if she goes someplace else, right? Nurses elsewhere get $50, $60, $70 an hour, right? Did you know that? Well, the city's not paying that. Um, And we've got people, we we literally beg people, right, to work the clinics. So um, understand and appreciate what people are giving up to try to do good for the community, Right? There's great heroic things happening, and we're, we're going to get through this. Right? We are going to get through this. It's, it's a little dark right now, uh, but it's going to get lighter. Right? Okay, I'm looking for questions on the schools. None. I had a PCR test at my doctor's last Thursday and still don't have the result. I'm there not has, surprised at that. There has been um, delays all throughout um, the PCR testing. Um, if you think about the volume of people that are being tested, um, yep. that's reflected in the turnaround results at the labs, too. I'm getting tests now that were done January 2nd, January 1st, um, which is unusual. It used to be like a 24-hour turnaround time. I think they're just deluged at this point. Yeah. Yeah, very important. Uh, let's see. Got a debate going on over man, uh, mandating vaccine. Why should we pay health costs for unvaccinated employees? I'm not going to get into that. Uh, 
Have you considered you're not doing your job because you're a libertarian person? No, I haven't. Clearly you disagree with me, um, and that's fine. Uh, but uh, I think I'm doing my job to the best of my ability. Um, okay, so I, I got a couple more things I want to uh, talk about, and then we'll go back to Mary with the schools. So we got a couple of ads I want to show. Um, we got some good stuff coming up from the rec department through community studios. I usually do these at the end of the show, and I feel like I give it the bums rush. So uh, one of my New Year's resolutions is, one, not to respond to the naysayers on social media, and some of that's going on right now. Uh, and second is to do a better job talking about some of the more positive things that are going on in the city, not hold them for like the last 30 seconds of the show. Uh, so we've got a couple ads, I think. MCS, yes? No? There we go. So we got the Sports Zone Tournament of Champions, uh, sponsored by the Methuen Rec Department. A fuller half day filled with your favorite playground games, including dodgeball, pickleball, soccer, football, and much more. Monday, January 17th, which is uh, no school day. It's Martin Luther King holiday. It's a full day, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., or a half day, a.m. only, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Grades uh, kindergarten through 5. Full day is $40. Morning only is 25 uh, sign up today at www.methuenrec.com. So kudos to Steve and Billy Mansi. Uh, we also have a dodgeball challenge course, uh, and that is on Wednesday, January 26th, uh, only off in Methuen with a free hour of trampolines at the game. That is uh, also sign up at methuenrec.com. Age 9 years to 12 years from 3 to 4. Age 6 years to 8 years, 4 to 5. And the cost is $20 per Methuen student, only open to Methuen students. So sign up at MethuenRec.com. Uh, is another one coming? Yeah, this one I love. A babysitter certification course, right? Uh, 8.30 to 12.30, 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the Methuen High Calf. Uh, you can sign up at MethuenRec.com again. It's $90 for a four-hour course. It's run by professional paramedics, and space is limited. It goes through first aid, stranger danger. Stranger danger reminds me of uh, kindergarten cop. Uh, allergies, household dangers, safety prep, choking, and more. Right? So uh, I don't know if there's an age requirement on there. Uh, but you can contact Mathieu and Rec to go through that. And last but not least, we have the winners of the holiday decorating contest. Right? So in third place, we had Rich C. on Almont Street. So look at the pictures there of Rich, Rich's house. Great job. Great job. And uh, you get your prize from the Methuen Rec Department. Hopefully they already reached out to you. In second place, we had uh, Dave and Cindy Minichino on Lorenzo Circle. Look at the beautiful decorations there. And in first place, uh, we got DJ Mike, Mike Phillips and family from uh, Sampson Street. They do one heck of a job. Look at the costumes. And they provide a drive-through for tons of families. One of the things that I loved during the holiday season was seeing how many people were talking about, hey, where do you go to see the lights? Uh, it gave me kind of a flashback to when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And the only thing we could do, because it was free, was drive around and look at the Christmas lights at all the places that were lit up, like St. Basil's, and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So look at you see uh, DJ and his family there in the center, all dressed up as Santa and the elves uh, and the Grinch. Outstanding job that they did, and they do every year. And that whole neighborhood really participates. Mm -hmm. So fantastic job, uh, Mike. Congratulations to you and your family on a job well done. And then last but not least, uh, a little public info. Yeah, so this one's hard to read. So we want to talk, and we've got to get this out in uh, Spanish too. We've got the Methuen Cares Transportation Program back on board uh, with taxi rides for grocery shopping, pharmacy prescription pickups, doctors and dentist appointments. If you need a ride to get a COVID vaccine or a testing appointment, if you need a ride to physical therapy or lab work, getting to the bus train or work at Methuen, transportation is provided through the only licensed taxi company, Methuen, Methuen I-Class Taxi. The service can be obtained by advanced reservation only. So 48 hours in advance, call or email Methuen Care Center to reserve your trip. Call 978-609-1866 from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. So if you needed a ride Tuesday, 
you'd want to call them Thursday or Friday and reserve your, um, your ride and your time. Okay? Uh, and we're going to get this. This is going to go out in a press release tomorrow. Uh, so take advantage of it. This was funded by a state grant, so there's no reason for us not to be using it. can help anybody who needs a ride. Need a ride to get vaccinated? Call Methuen Cares. All right, Mary, back to the schools. Um, uh, what else is what else is you know happening? So we, we've got the big COVID. Um, for the people that are working, everything going okay? Is it safe? Is it? We're doing everything we can to keep everybody safe. Um, we're all masking. Um, we're all um, disinfecting. That we have the custodians who have really stepped up to the plate for us and are doing super cleans on the weekends, um, extra cleaning every evening, extra cleaning during the day. Um, every department right now is running short, and they're just pulling together and doing everything they can um, to keep the staff and the students safe. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Let's see if we got any questions. By the way, we have a National Guard unit at the We have a National Guard station at the yes. Patience should be on everyone's New Year's resolution list. I agree, Kerry. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. I want a dodgeball for adults. I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Angelo said it's coming, Nancy. I want you on our team. All right, they're talking to each other right here. All right. So Mary Beth Donovan Grassi, one of my favorite educators ever, my children's favorite teacher, even though she's a principal now, uh, we're so lucky to have Nurse Galant and all our nurses in school. They never stop. Yeah. So what's the morale of the nursing team like? Um, we're tired. Yeah. Um, but the nurses are fantastic. Everyone is so committed um, to doing a great job and doing what's best for the students. Um, we're all pitching in together. Um, we're helping out each other as much as we can. Um, I had one nurse who was home with a sick child and worked all day today for me, um, answering emails and doing phone calls and things like that. Yep. Um, we're all looking forward to not having to deal with this and being, um, being able to run our offices and do our normal office things because yeah. it's not just COVID. Right. Um, we have our students that have long-term medical needs that see us several times a day. We have our normal um, playground injuries or gym injuries or um, students who have other illnesses going on. So we're running our office at the same time. We're trying to do um, our immunization, um, our normal immunization screenings and make sure that our students are safe in that respect, um, as well as starting our other screenings such as vision and hearing and height and weight and all those things that are a normal part of a nurse's day. So we're looking forward to being able to uh, get back to all that. Yeah, no, some sense of normalcy. So, and it's flu season as well, right? Pardon? It's flu, flu season, season yeah, as well, right? So yes. On top of it. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, will there be more times added to the vaccine clinic at Sanborn Hall? So, Nancy, uh, if you're asking if the 6 o'clock will be extended, no. There will be more clinics. So um, I've tasked Ryan. I know you love hearing his name on the show. And um, our health team to publish weekly a press release. Uh, so by the end of the week, they're going to publish a press release every, every Friday that shows, okay, here's what's coming for the next week for, for vaccination clinics. Now, that doesn't address the testing demand, but um, it gives you the sites. So we already know the why next Wednesday is 3 to 6, and you can walk in, right? So please take advantage of that. Uh, but also, um, tomorrow night, we have 2 to 6 at Sanborn from just Moderna. You have to pre-register. There's a link that went out in the press release that was sent out last week. If you can't find that, reach out to Ryan Hamilton in my office, and he can give you the information to help you register. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I said no more appointments. That might be limited by the number of vaccine, uh, vaccines we have, right? So we have to order them. Uh, is there any talk about going remote again for a few weeks? No. Um, actually, I just got a text from Dr. Kwong, who yeah. had a meeting um, with the commissioner again today, and there is absolutely no talk of going remote, at the, from the, and that comes from the commissioner at the state level. Yeah. So, again, though, Amanda, if you have concerns, 
If you have specific concerns that you want the school committee to address, please um, sign up for public participation at the school committee meeting Monday night and tell us what you're concerned about, right? doesn't mean that we can't craft a solution uh, to help some of the parents, right? So uh, we are averaging about 80% attendance, which is good considering, right? In a normal, if this was a normal school, I don't, I don't even know if I could say that anymore with a straight face. <laughs> if this was uh, pre-pandemic school week, I don't think 80% would be considered a good attendance. No. Uh, no. But where we are right now, it's actually compared to surrounding communities, it's pretty darn good, right? So uh, great question. I hope to talk about it again. Uh, okay. Let me see. I think I got them all. Okay. Um, so are there any schools, you know, when you take the schools, and granted we, we look at them and across, but the schools break down. Right. Are there any schools that are hit harder than others? Um, right now this week, um, we've definitely had a lot at the high school. Yeah. Um, over Christmas vacation, we were testing, and we did see um, – Dr. Kwong said 95% or higher is normal attendance. Oh. So. She's watching, huh? Oh, yeah. Hey there. <laughs> um, um, wow. So right now, Methuen High has our highest case number. Um, a lot of the students did at-home tests, and a lot of my students in all of the schools, parents, um, and that's great if you're doing the at-home tests um, because it's giving you the idea whether or not you should send your, child, your children to school. Um, so we have had a good amount from there. I, I would say that's our highest right now. Mm -hmm. um, our bigger schools, like the Tenney and the Timoney, naturally have a higher caseload um, than some of the other schools. Um, but it's pretty even across the board. We have one day the Tenney will be high, the next day it will be the Timoney, the next day the Marsh has had quite a few. Um, we're seeing a lot of family transmission. Yeah. Um, definitely family transmission um, where we'll have two or three children in the same family um, who come down one at a time, which yeah. is a big struggle um, for the parents. Um, we also have seen some school transmission, but definitely not significant. Um, one or two cases in a classroom at the most. So that's a good sign. And you can't really say it's definitely that classroom because we're all everyone is out doing other activities. Um, we did see some from extracurricular activities like dance and gymnastics and sports. Yeah, I was going to ask you sports. Uh, how is the sports going? We're still going, right? We are going. Um, we, as I said, we did the test and stay over vacation. We did have to kind of calm it down a little bit because we had some teams um, that had several cases. Um, but now that we've gone through that, um, they're back on at the moment. And I think, you know, so you bring up an important point there. Um, one of the things that struck me, and this is last time we were in the big spike, uh, we had a lot of people talking about, you know, let's shut the schools down, but keep sports going. And I can't, and maybe I'm just being obtuse, but I can't fit that logic together, right? To me, they go hand in hand, right? And I guess I would say, for me, the biggest lesson learned out of everything we did last year when we made the decisions based with the best information we had is, um, and I say this, you know, there's been hue and cry over the tax rate in the city, which is still favorable. The tax rate did, did go up. Um, we gave an additional $5 million to schools. I'm, most of that, based on the fact that I'm convinced of the, the damage that was done to the mental health of our children Absolutely. by not having them in schools. Right, and so I think, you know, this is this is one of those things that there's probably no black or white answer for, right? You can see your way through to answer it a couple of different ways, but I would tell you that um, we've got to do the things that that protect our children long term, right? And I think we're trying to do that. I got I, I got to work on another resolution. I got to stop saying right. So, <laughs> um, so. You know, when you look at everything we've done, uh, some people could come and say, well, you made different decisions last year um, than you're making this year. And that's probably true in some cases. 
But we know a lot more now than we knew then. Uh, it's a much different variant than what we saw then, right? Yes, absolutely. It's a very fluid situation, and I think um, both in the schools and as well as I'm sure in the city, you have to make decisions as to what is happening in that moment. Right. And that's how we're working on it. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think, you know, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, give you the buzzwords are perseverance and patience, right? We need acts of gentle acts of kindness, right? So, uh, and I've said, like I said, my resolution is I'm not responding to anything negative. We're only going to respond to positive things, right? Not, and that doesn't mean that you can't critique and say something. If, if I booted something, I'll say I booted it. Um, but we're not going to respond to all the, uh, you know, the, the drama that gets created around uh, Events and, and decisions, right? When they're made, when they're made, what I, in what I call, in the best of faith, right? We made them in good faith, knowing what we know at a given time, trying to do the best for the community, right? So, Absolutely. all right, let's see if we get any other questions. Nancy still wants dodgeball. Is the state just throwing their hands up at this point? Seize up. They've tried giving up, trying to mitigate. Uh, Christine, I don't know what you mean by uh, I think the state's overwhelmed, to be frank with you, because uh, I, I told this, I think it was Springfield, I hope I didn't say the wrong city, where they had the National Guard had to break up kind of a, a rough crowd at a te testing set that they got out of control. That's happening in every city. So if I wasn't clear in the beginning, when I called Secretary Sutter's office uh, yesterday, they were kind enough to respond to me, so I appreciate that. I didn't like their response, so I told them that. Uh, but I respect the fact that sometimes when you're in a position, you don't have a lot of resources at your availability. So what I'm trying to understand is they're impacted by the same things we are. If, if I've lost 50 employees in the week out of 400 at the city level, I'm sure the impact at the state level is significant too. I specifically asked, and I think somebody was, you know, could we get some National Guard troops up here to kind of help with testing, and the commitment from the state was to make sure the Great Lawrence Family Health Center stays staffed, right? That's everything they're trying to do is focused on that, not create other test centers, even though they are considering AFC because I asked them to, right, to make them a stop the spread center. So it, it is what it is. Um, I'm also concerned that the city council meeting is remote with a committee of about 10 people, when school with about 1,500 to 4,000 people are not remote. Yeah, uh, Tanya, I don't disagree. So um, I, would, I would be doing, so I think, you know, the city council meetings are okay to have in person. Uh, it's in a much smaller space than what we refine people to. So on a normal city council night, you can get 15 to 20 public participants sitting in chairs uh, in a very pocketed space. I think that's the concern, right? Um, so I think you're going to see us kind of vary that. We're going to keep most of the, I go on a limb and say most of the city council members and the mayor as well. So that's not a decision the mayor makes, just, you know, that's a decision the city council makes. Most of the city council members would probably tell you they're in favor of doing it in person. It's easier to do in person. It's much easier to do in person than it is on Zoom. Um, so I don't disagree with that comment. The school committee, we will be there in the building, um, and we won't be remote. Nurses need to hear that people notice and care. That's CARES. Thank Bob you. Carol. Okay. So, Tanya, I think I answered that. Uh, so, by the way, as um, a follow-up to Tanya, so we're in City Hall every day. We're in City Hall. We're masked up. If you come into City Hall, you have to put your mask on. Um, but uh, we're, we're still dealing with the, the customers. That's the job, right? We, we didn't shut down, and we're not going to shut down. So, uh, you know, the head of public health is worried about the transmission in small, closed environments, right? That's literally as far as it goes. And when it comes to the schools, the mayor doesn't make the decision. 
Uh, and really, the superintendent's information is controlled by DESE. She's going she's to have to do what the state kind of dictates, right? And the state, in this case, has said we're not going remote. Um, I'm in my office every day, and if you, don't, you can come in and see me, right? Because uh, we do have some people that are COVID positive and are working remotely, but everybody else is in the building. Um, so we continue to work. It's no different for us. Uh, let's see. You wouldn't lose 40 employees if they're vaccinated. That's not true. All right, so um, so that's not true because you don't know how many of those 40 are vaccinated. So better than half of those people were vaccinated. And I can say that we are seeing cases in fully vaccinated and boosted people. Yeah. Um, this strain of the virus doesn't really care if you're vaccinated or not, unfortunately. But what we are seeing is that if you do become infected um, and you are vaccinated, the course of the illness is much less severe and the recovery is much quicker. Yeah. So, Tanya, uh, you got you to finish your thought there. There it is. No, uh, I understand the mayor doesn't make the decision. I do not want the schools remote. It's just hard to, just hard to what, Tanya? We're running short on time. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't want to cut, you know, Tanya and uh, Christine, and there was somebody else up. So you ask good questions. Um, Amanda, uh, please, these are the kind of discussions we should be able to have without getting angry with each other. Uh, and and I, I respect your right to, um, to ask the question first and foremost and to have a different opinion than me in some cases. Um, and we will take that under consideration. So please, if you want to discuss it further, it's 559. I'm going to get the hook in about a minute. Uh, sign up to be part of public participation at the school committee meeting. There's no retribution or punishment for being part of that. We're open to your thoughts and your input. And I say that candidly. Right? We're, we're trying to do the right things for your kids. I, I feel about your children like I feel about my children. I'm trying to protect them. And that goes, my children are vaccinated. They're children. They're kind of a stretch to say they're children, right? They're between 26 and 32. They're all four vaccinated. The best thing that ever happened to me in life. All right? Without my kids, this job would be relentless. Uh, the job of the nurses, I want to talk about, you know, when you're talking about morale earlier, it's like standing at the ocean and the waves just keep coming in, right? <laughs> just so keep swimming. I want you to know that we, we appreciate everything you guys are doing. Thank you. You're doing one hell of a job. Thank you. We appreciate that. And, and um, uh, we've got to find a way to celebrate our frontline heroes and kind of, you know, talk about the historic event that we hopefully by the end of February you know, we'll be talking about we're, we're on the other side, right? So I'm, I'm going to end with thank you, Mary, for coming to the show today. Thank you. Um, uh, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, and I, I said to the superintendent, as long as I don't get in trouble with city council, I'm happy to sit in any class and cover if I'm needed. <laughs> um, other than Friday, my schedule's pretty hogged up Friday. Um, and I mean that, even a Spanish class. So, um, and if you're out there in the audience and you have the capability to kind of be a substitute teacher, now's the perfect time, right? Support your community, kind of come in and help us out, right? Because they're doing a, a heroic job keeping the schools going. And I think everybody has the best of intentions. So hopefully we we see a lot of you at the school committee meeting uh, Monday night, uh, virtually. Uh, and I look forward to discussing it with you. In the meantime, if you can't wait for the school committee, drop me a line. My email is mayorperry at ci.methuen.ma.us. I know that's a lot. Mayorperry at city.methuen.ci.methuen.ma.us. Right? And, or come down to City Hall. All right? Make an appointment. Come in. Talk to me. Uh, my door is open. If there's a specific concern I can help you address, I'm happy to do so. Uh, we are going to do a State of the City uh, later in the month of January uh, and talk about a lot of the good things that are going on because we tend to overlook them. This, this COVID thing is so pressing, it's like an anvil on us, right? So there's a lot of good things that are happening and are about to happen in our city, and you, you need to know that. 
So God bless you all. Stay healthy. Get vaccinated. Um, I look forward to talking to you next week. And again, thank you, Mary, for coming. Thank you. To the show.